Thanksgiving. We are in a series entitled Gratitude in Everything Give Thanks. We'll be in it for the next several weeks. And this weekend as well as last weekend, we've been talking about how to unload unhappiness in our life. Kind of before we talk about gratitude, how do we unload unhappiness? Somebody said that happiness is the intervals between unhappiness in our life. Kind of like Bucky's going from here to Austin, you know. There's one spot you can come and get whatever you want, but then you have to endure the rest of the journey. Well, I would think, think it would be a little better than that. Charlie Brown said he developed a new philosophy in life. He said, I only dread one day at a time. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, let me ask you a question just rhetorically. What TV show would best describe your emotional state right now? What TV show? Would it be Walking Dead? How about Lost? How about Mad Men? What would best describe your emotional state? Which Star Wars movie would best describe your marriage? Revenge of the Sith? Clone Wars or New Hope? Mm. If your spouse was a character in The Wizard of All, what would they need? A heart or a brain, huh? Ah. Uh. When you got married, the music played. At last, my love has come along. A decade later, now you're singing, hit the road, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Why is it? Unhappiness. Unhappiness. What does the Bible say about unloading unhappiness? For just a few minutes this morning, you have your Bible app. Uh, the West Overhill, you will find our notes on there in the verses as well. But go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, verse 16, 17, and 18. Three verses. We sometimes read these as three separate propositions, but they're all one running sentence. Let's look at it. It says rejoice always. Verse 16 is a choice. You rejoice always. Not you don't rejoice only when... You rejoice always. It's a decision you make. Well, how, how can I make those good decisions and make sure I don't go? Verse 17, pray continually. Now, here's what God wants. Give thanks in all circumstances. The Bible did not say give thanks for. That's the mistake we make. We think we have to give thanks for everything. Well, I'm thankful that my battery died on my car. No. No, you're not thankful for, you're thankful in. This past week, I was driving down 1604. Right in front of me was a black SUV. And the SUV was going down the road about 60 miles an hour. I assume it's probably a lady's driver because on top of the SUV was her purse. <laughs> and then I watched the wind knock it over. And then I just saw it coming off and scattering all over the road. She doesn't give thanks for it, but she can give thanks in it. Yes. Thankful that, guess what? Stuff doesn't control my life. I'm not owned by stuff. Are you following me? In, in everything. In all circumstances, give thanks. 
Next phrase, verse number 18, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let me put it in our vernacular. God would put it this way. I am God and I approve this message. (laughs) Always rejoice, pray continually, and all things give thanks. I am God, I approve this message for you. How are we going to be able to unload unhappiness? We talked about it last week. You have to learn to forgive others. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 12, forgive us our sins, our debts, our trespasses as we forgive others. We, we have to forgive others. When you forgive, you're unloading unhappiness. You're saying, I'm not holding on. I'm not living in the turmoil, the distress, the wrong, the injustice. I forgive others. Let's go on. What's the second thing we can do? Be flexible. Be flexible in life. Join me in the book of Philippians. Just turn a few pages back in your Bible. Philippians chapter 4. We're going to look at verse number 12 and 13. Real quickly, verse number 12. He's, the writer is saying by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content I've learned that secret. Notice this, in any and every situation, in any and every situation. Oh, wait a minute, what about demotion? He already told you, I know what it is to be demoted, and I know what it is to be promoted. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I know what it is when, when, my, when my teenagers like me and when my teenagers do not like me. I know what it is to be the best parent in the world. I know what it is to be to be the worst parent in the world. You're the worst mom there could be when that insult has come. But he tells us here, I've learned the secret of being content in every situation. He goes on to say, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. It doesn't matter the condition doesn't matter the circumstance. He said, I've learned to be content. I want to say, learn to be flexible in life. The word content does not mean cower down and just accept it. Nothing I can do about it, kind of a pity party. Well, I just stuck here. No, the word content has the idea of being satisfied. I've learned the secret of being satisfied. I, 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 I I can adjust to it. I'm flexible. It doesn't happen the way I want. Oh, I, I wanted it to happen by May, and it may not even happen this year. I've learned to be flexible. I, I, I wanted God to bring the answer right away, and it seems like things have got a little worse. I, I wanted the promotion, but I, I've been stuck at this same level. Whether plenty or in want, I learned to be flexible. I've learned the secret. Learn the secret. How do you learn that secret? Hmm. Hmm. Good question. Throughout the New Testament, throughout the Bible, the Bible talks about we need to learn. Always learning. Always coming to the knowledge of the truth. Learning new things. Capturing. Being taught. Let the Holy Spirit teach us. Let opening our minds up for insights, for understanding and and wisdom. The Bible is filled with with all of these verses that talk to us about learning. What's interesting about verse number 12 here 
is the word in the original language that the English is translated learned. You, you read in this verse, I have learned. The original word in the Greek occurs only one time in the Bible. All the other mentions of being taught, teaching, etc., they're all throughout Scripture. But in this verse, verse number 12, is a word that's not used anywhere else in the Bible. In other words, when the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to write this verse, he said that you can be in plenty or you can be in want. And I've learned, I've learned the secret of it. He reached outside of his normal vocabulary and he retrieved a word in the Greek language and he put it by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in this verse. Learned the secret. It was a word that was common in that day. If you would go to one of the theaters, the amphitheaters in Greek culture, and you would see, you would see somebody performing. At times there were people, they would call them magicians. We would call them illusionists. And, and they, were, they were doing an illusion, a, a, a magical trick. And people say, how did that happen? You see, the illusionist, the magician, he knows a secret. He knows something no one else knows. That word is the word in the verse right here. Have you ever seen somebody do a magical trick? I remember one time we went to the show and we were watching it and uh, they showed us this box and it was empty and they put a cloth on it and it was suspended high above the floor. They took it off and there's somebody in the box. How in the world did they do that? I mean, I know it's an illusion, but how did they do it? How did they take that piece of cloth, wearing a white suit, throw it up, and when the cloth falls down, he's wearing a red suit. How in the world do they do that? He knows a trick. He knows a secret that I don't know. That's the word the Apostle Paul picked. He said whether you're going up or down, he said you can learn the secret. What is he talking about? He's saying it doesn't matter what the circumstances are going. I've learned that God is always working in my life regardless of the situation. It may look like a demotion right now, but God has a promotion in the work. God's doing something behind the scene. God cannot fall, fail in his character. God's not going to drop me. God's not going to let me fail. God's not going to forget about me in this situation. God is always work. God's character is always faithful. I've learned the secret to not make my decisions in my joy based upon what my boss says, what my mother-in-law says, what my co-worker says, my bank book, what the doctor told me, how I feel, my mood this morning, the season I'm in, my allergies. They don't make the decision of my life. They don't control my life. I know the secret, and the secret is this. In everything I do, God is working for my best, and I can have joy and be thankful in that. The other day, Denise and I took a couple days off and we went to a movie. She, Denise said, you know what? We haven't seen the movie in a long time. We haven't been in the movie in a couple years. She said, let's, let's go. So we went to the movie. She wanted to see the movie Sully. So we went to the movie. It's about the, the, the captain and the flight 
uh, and the miracle on the Hudson. You remember that? You remember that the news footage of that plane landing in the Hudson River? And all 155 passengers were saved. Everyone came out alive. She said, I want to go see that. So we went to the movie. We sat down in there. And you know what? Watching a movie about a plane crashing and we're about to get on a plane. That doesn't always, it doesn't always sit the best with me. Are you with me? But we're there and, and, and Tom Hanks, he's playing Sully and he's in the cockpit. Everything buckle up and the plane is lifting off. Then all of a sudden the bird strike and uh, uh, Sully says to the co-pilot, bird strike. And all of a sudden the engine, wah, 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 wah. And all of the, all the needles on the, the gauges, zoom, they go down, and then all of a sudden they're losing altitude, and they're nervous, and they're talking to the airport, or how they're, and then all of a sudden the scene goes to the passengers, and they're a little frantic, and the uh, flight attendants, where their eyes are racing and dancing about everything is fine, everything, the captain has everything under control, and going back, and then all of a sudden Sully says, we're not going to make the airport, we're going to have to land this in the Hudson, you can't make it, no, we can't do it, we're going to have to land this now, and it comes down. And then all of a sudden the passengers are screaming and they're all frantic and they're praying and they're, they're nervous and they're going through all that. And you can see the emotion in the plane lands and all of a sudden the plane begins to fill with that water. People are scurrying. They're trying to get out. They're going in frantic and all of this emergency and I'm just sitting there eating popcorn. <laughs> Why? I know the secret. I know how it turns out. You know, I'm not frantic. I know, those passengers are all worried. Hey, I know how this one turns out. Y'all are going to make it, every one of you. Every one of you are going to make it. You're, 155 passengers are going to land safe. And I wonder if we don't do that with God. Oh, God, my emergency. God, by May, you have to. God, it's now October. God, we got to get this. God, how are you going to do it? God, I can't balance the book. God, this is the... And we put all of our emergencies, and God is saying, I've got everything under control. I've got everything under control. Everything is fine. When you learn the secret... When you know the secret, God will take care of you. When you have the secret in your spirit, God watches over. When you have the secret, whether you're going down or whether you're going up, you can say in all things, I have confidence in God. If God allows it, it must be for my best. God knows what he's doing. Can I affirm your confidence in the Lord today? We want to feel good. We want to make it good. God is saying the good I'm talking about is you being good. God is working in your life. Have a, have a confident, firm heart, but keep an open mind. Yeah. God, I know who you are and what you're doing. Now, it may not happen in my schedule. God, you... I, I, I chose A, but if you have B or C as the path I should go, that's fine. I'll have an open mind, but I have a fixed, confident heart. We reverse it. We reverse it. Yeah. 
Sometimes I have a closed, confident, assured, stubborn mind, and my heart is open. Well, it has to happen, and this is what I want. This is ha- it has to be in this schedule. It has to go this way. Well, God, I guess you just don't want me to follow you now. I guess the promise you gave me, I just I had in my heart. But you, and our hearts wonder. Yeah, yes. You know what? Uh, some of you are saying, I, 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 I want to get married this year. It doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter who. Yeah, if you just, they'll come along. I guess it's from God. Yeah. I, I know they don't serve the Lord. I, I, I know they don't walk with God. But, but God, just keeping my heart open. This is the only one that asked me out. So I guess, because I want to get married right now. Reverse it. Reverse it. Have a fixed heart and an open mind. Yes. God, I know you have a person for me. I know you have a path for me. There is somebody I like, but they don't align with this. Yes, they're tall, dark, and handsome. You just described Darth Vader. God, my heart is fixed. I'll keep my mind open. Yes. Why? Because you know the secret. You know the secret. And God, God will. He does in my life and he will in your life. He will impose, can I say that, impose situations that are not what we would choose first. Yeah, yes. God sometimes orders loss because it frees us from being controlled by things. God will order persecution. It's not what you want. It's not what I want. But you know what it does? It frees us from the opinions of others. Yeah, it's what it does. Persecution has that design. The moment you're persecuted and you're scalded, scalded for your faith, you'll get to a point you'll say, I don't care what people think. That's where God wanted to get you. That's where God wanted to get you. Yes, yes. God will order things, but if you know the secret, if God is freeing you from something you're trying to hold on to you, Hear me, hear me. If you'll let God make the choice, he'll always give you the best. Let God make the choice. He'll always give you the best. And the Apostle Paul said, I learned that. It's a secret. I know, I know what God does behind the scenes. And then he takes us to verse number 13. Verse number 13. And he teaches us that we need to feed our faith with optimism. For it teaches us here, I can do all things through him. Some versions use the word Christ. I like that. I like to just announce, I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Yes, you can do it. I spoke to somebody before service with tears in their eyes, and they told me, I I don't know if I can do this. Yes, you can. You can do all things through Christ. 
Some of you feel like you're at your wit's end. Some of you feel like you've, you can't carry on anymore. Some of you feel spent. I could even use the word emptied, emptied. Yes, you can. You can do all things through Christ. Why? You know the secret. You know the secret. When you have that confidence, if God, if God has ordered it, God will make good. What God will make good? God will make good on it. He will, he will bring it to pass. If, if what I'm praying for doesn't come and it slips out of my hand, I know the secret. Then, then God has something better for me. That's what I came to tell you. Unload your unhappiness. Forgive others. Be flexible. If there's adjustments God is ordering, understand it's for your best. Feed your faith with optimism. Let your heart be built. The promises of God, the promises of God can slip from us because there's somebody out there that's a critic of it. Yeah, yeah. Don't take your promise and share it with everybody. People that are, are not people of faith, the skepticism, They'll look at you like you're naive. They'll look at you like you, you, you don't really get it. You're believing for blessing, and you're doing it by tithing? Come on now. They don't get it. They don't know the secret. <laughs> they don't know the secret. You're waiting on God. You're, you're waiting on God to make a decision and you're not willing to stab somebody in the back to get the position? That doesn't make sense in the corporate language. But you know the secret. Promotion doesn't come from the boardroom. The book of Psalms says promotion comes from the Lord. Promotion comes from the Lord. Why? You know the secret. You know the secret. And I'm going to lead us now into a, a prayer moment. A prayer moment. I'm going to segue this across the house. Scripture says we can do all things through Christ. I would have to add to that, that's if you're in Christ. You can do all things through Christ if you're in Christ. And I would dare say some of us here are trying to do things through God, but we're not in God. We're not in Christ. What do you mean? If you describe your spiritual life by the place you go to church, somebody said, do you believe in God? Oh, I go to a church. I go to a church. Or I, I, I believe, I try to be a good person. If you describe your spiritual life as I'm a good, I try to be good and I'm a good person, and the place you go to church. That's fine. That's not what we're talking about. For us to be able to do all things through Christ, we have to be in Christ. What does being in Christ mean? It doesn't mean being in this church. It doesn't mean being on the church membership. That's, that's all fine. That's not what this talks about. 
being in Christ beings, that your heart, you have said with full devotion, full intention, not just a passing comment, not somebody else praying the prayer. And I see this so many times. I hear people pray a prayer and then 12 people in the room will say amen. You can't, that amen is not yours until you pray it. Until you say in your heart, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Some of our sin is just the sin of rejection. The, 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 the sin of, of ignoring God for so long. Whatever sin it is, sin of unbelief, maybe there's much more pronounced sin. You don't name your sin. You just say, God, forgive me. It requires repentance. You have to. You have to acknowledge this. Jesus is God's only Son and the Savior of the world. There's, there's, there's no other option according to the Bible. Jesus is God's Son and Savior of the world. And then here's, here's the important part. Sometimes people say, oh, Jesus, forgive me. I believe in you. Here's what you say. I give you my life. When you do that, you're saying you take control. You take control. God, you start making some of the decisions. God, you have say-so. The Bible, your word, now has the say-so in my life. That's what it takes. So, I'm going to invite everyone in this house to just prayerfully close your eyes. Prayerfully close your eyes. Now I pose the question, perhaps the most important question that's been posed to you all year long. Are you in Christ? Are you really in Christ? Are you just go to a church? Are you in Christ? You can do all things through Christ if you're in Christ. And I'm going to invite you to be in Christ. And if you want to give your life to Jesus today, I'm going to ask you at the count of three to raise your hand. I'm going to ask you to acknowledge right now in this auditorium, in God's presence, that you need Jesus into your life. So here's the question. Here's, there it is. Here I'm posing it. Count of three, your hand going up. I need Jesus. One, two, three. That's me. All over this room. All over this room. Yes, in the balcony. Everyone that raised your hand, you can put it back down. And I'm talking to the people that raised their hand right now. God saw you raise your hand. And I believe when you did, you're saying, Jesus, I need you. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. We're in God's presence. The Holy Spirit has prepared your heart. You're taking an important step. We call it making new. You become a new person because of Jesus, not because of this church, because of Jesus. You need to ask Jesus to forgive you. You need to acknowledge that Jesus is the Savior of the world.
and for Jesus to take control of your life. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to invite you to pray along with me. Your words do not have to match mine. There's no formula. This is about faith. This is about sincere and genuine faith to the Lord. But I'm going to pray a prayer similar to what you can pray for God to change your life. Heavenly Father, I just, at this moment, I realize that your son Jesus came to save us. He's the Redeemer. He's the Savior of men's souls. And I need salvation. I need God to change me. There's things in my life that are not right, mistakes I've made, things I should have done differently. I can't correct them. I can only repent of them. And now, Jesus, I ask that you forgive me of my sin. Jesus, because of what you did on the cross, I have access to the Heavenly Father. I, I ask you to take away the guilt. I ask you to take away the, the turmoil, the stain, the wrong, the excuses, everything that represents the past, the sins of my life. I ask you to forgive me today. Jesus, while I don't fully understand this statement, but I'm going to invite you to come into my heart. I'm not sure how that works, but you said that. Your word declares that. Come into my heart. Come in and help me make decisions. Help me walk down a path that's different. Help me to think different, be different. Help me to live my life different. Help me to have a different value system. Help me to be a different person. Help me to be a different mom, dad, coworker, friend, person, brother, sister, whatever. Help me to be that different person. Jesus, I want to do life your way. And I thank you that you receive me. And based upon what the Bible teaches us, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I take you, God, at that promise. In Jesus' name, amen. You pray a prayer like that, God honors it. His word says, when you call upon him, you ask, you receive. You ask in faith. And now, I welcome you into the family of God as one of his children.